0: towards God, God moves towards us. And when God moves towards us, God moves in us. And when God moves in us, then he can move through us, right? It was really fast. Didn't mean for it to be that fast. But that's what move nights are about. It's making a conscious move towards God every Wednesday night. And worship was phenomenal. I felt the presence of Jesus. My watch, right now even, um, if you hear my watch beeps, it's because my pulse is up because I was pumped during worship and I'm sweating and I don't care. Um, so We said this last week. We said God moves in us, and then we also said that God moves through us. But tonight, I want to talk about God moving in us, and next week I'm going to talk about God moving through us, right? Because we need to spend some time on what this actually looks like. And this is... Kind of a common question, I think, that probably happens is that when you hear that, it's like, what in the world does it look like when God moves in me? What does that look like? I'm one of the people that I need to know how God moves in me. I'm, I'm a big how guy. Like, if you could tell me something to do, tell me how to do it. Don't just say, oh, go take out the blah, blah, blah. whatever. I need to know how you want me to do this so I don't screw it up and make you angry at me. But so God is moving in you and in me. I want to jump. John chapter 9, could be a lot of scripture reading, I haven't decided yet, we're just going to go here, and I'm going to read what I think I need to read, and uh, a lot of John chapter 9, a lot of John chapter 9, so if you're taking notes, and you're going to be a part of Wednesday Replay, this will be up on the podcast this week, and you, you can do that, but if you're taking notes, John chapter 9, starting in verse 1, reads this, it says, As he passed by, he saw a man... That was blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Jesus answered, it was neither this man's sin nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed, repeat this after me, in him. him. That's weak, try it again, in him perfect, that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is, day night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He said this, he spat on the ground, which means he spit on the ground. Everybody knows that, right? And he made clay. Out of the dirt and his spit. And he applied the clay to this man's eyes who were blind. And he said, go wash in this pool. And so he went away and washed and he came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously saw him as a beggar were saying, Is this not the one who used to sit and beg all the time, that annoying rascal? Others were saying, This is he, and still others were saying, no, that's not him. It's just a guy that's kind of like him. It's not him. I don't even know how you get that confused. It either is him or it is not, right? Unless he had a twin somewhere that I'm unaware of. But but no, it, it was him, right? It says this. So they were saying, how then were your eyes opened? And he said, this man who was called Jesus made clay, and he anointed my eyes. He said, Go and wash in this pool. And he said, so I went away and washed and I received sight. And they said to him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. Great answer to a question, I do not know. Um, John chapter 9, John chapter 9. The works, he, he was created so the works of God may be manifest in him, is what a translation of the Bible says, that the works of God would be In him. Say, in him. him. Say, in me. me. God wants to work in you. It's scripture. God wants to do something in your life, period. And you know, when I read this story, I'm like, yes, this man had an encounter with God. God did a work in him. And then all these people were asking all these questions. Well, is is he still blind or no? Well, clearly he's not still blind homeboy now sees right there's 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 one thing that that determines if you are blind or not right you can't see or you can see if you can see you ain't blind boss if you can't if, if you if if you if you cannot see you are blind correct did I say that backwards no I said it right okay got a weird look so Make sure. But this is crazy because all these people start asking all these questions, making all these assumptions. And I can promise you, if we're in Amory one day, okay, just say for instance. Say we're downtown in Amory, minding our business. And we got a blind man walking down the sidewalk to say with, a, with his dog, right? Because that's what blind people use. I don't know if you ever saw a blind person at the airport, but they use a dog. And just say this guy. Just say Somebody walks up to him, spits on the ground and is like, hey, let me rub this spit in this dirt in your eye and you're going to be healed. First of all, I guess I'm going to say go for it because it's happened once and I don't want to be like, oh, I'm the guy who stopped a blind guy for getting healed. But if it happens, I'm going to be impressed if I'm standing there. I'm going to be like, what are you doing in your alone time with God? Like, what's going on with you and God? Because I need what you got because I want to be able to do that too. And so, you know, I would never ask the question like if, 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 if just say Sam's down there on the sidewalk. You know, Sam's a good guy, good looking guy, always coming into church fresh as a degree stick. And, I mean, just absolutely, just walking down the sidewalk, dirt. Eyeball. Eyeball is opened. I, I I'm gonna have questions for Sam, right? I'm like, Sam, I'm congratulations because you're part of this youth ministry, right? Go promote our youth ministry. I'm just joking. I wouldn't I wouldn't tell them to go there. I would, but at the same time, I don't, you know. So come here, learn how to heal people, right? I wouldn't be like, well, I, I wonder if today's the day that he was supposed to get healed, right? I wonder if it was God's will or not if his eyes opened, right? I wonder if it was God's will that he got healed. And I wonder if today was supposed to be the day or not that he got healed. We'll never know because we're not God. But, I mean, this joker's eyes are open now, so, I mean, I guess so. Could have been a move of God, could have not been a move of God. The bottom line is, is if that happens, it is very clear and evident And there's no argument against it that God moved in that person. Clear as day. Clear as mud. Get it? (laughs) Clear as mud. Yes. (laughs) I made that joke. But I want to talk to you. I want to give you two things about what happens when God begins to move in you. When God begins to move in you. There, there's two things that I believe that are evident through all of Scripture that are going to happen. And I believe that they're probably the most informative ones that will help you the most because I believe that God wants to move in you tonight. And I believe you're going to need to know what to do with that after tonight. So the first thing that happens, are you ready? Say, say ready. ready. Perfect. First thing that happens Without even batting an eye, I can say this, full confidence. I can say this with the the utmost confident statement that I will ever make about God. When God moves in your life, 100% of the time, something about you changes. 100% of the time. You never see a move of God in all of the Bible or in all of Scripture where God shows up, does a miracle, does something in someone's life, and everything just goes back to normal after that. It never has happened. In the totality of history and time, it never has happened. Now, I have seen God move in people's life, and I've even seen God move through people's life, and they say, whoa, God is moving in my life again after he's moved through me to take me to a deeper level in him. And I'm not sure if I want that. And then they walk away from Jesus, right? I've seen that happen plenty of times. Seen it happen plenty of times. One of my dear friends, happened to one of my dear friends. And thank God that he's serving the Lord and he loves Jesus. But I, I have seen that happen, right? Something changes, though. Even though that when you walk away from an encounter with God, and sometimes you don't always walk away and see this initial, like, God moved and blew up my house, and the earthquake shakes, and when I wake up, all of hell trembles, right? Something about you changes, right? This blind man has an encounter with God. He has an encounter with God. And his life that he previously knew. This, this, something didn't just change for this guy. This whole guy's life changed. Right? This whole guy's life changed. Why? Because he was previously blind. I don't know if you've ever met anybody blind. Completely blind. And God healed them. And now they can see when they were in their older age or, or, or an age. Something like that. But I do know this. I know that life before is not the same as life now for them, period. And when you have an encounter with Jesus, when you have an encounter with the real living Jesus, right? I'm not talking about you have an encounter with church, right? Too many people have encounters with church all the time, and it's great. I love the church. I love the church. I'm a pastor at a church. I love the church. But I'm talking about the presence of of God, the real living God. When you encounter him, something changes in your life. Has to. Has to. Right? You, 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 ever, you ever have an encounter with Jesus? Raise your hand if you can relate to this. Have an encounter with Jesus? Well, perfect. I, <laughs> perfect. I'm glad all of you have an encounter God. Wow. Did y'all see that? It's close. You have an encounter with Jesus. And you go try to do something that you did before you have an encounter with Jesus. And it just almost like sucks the wind out of you. You just can't even like, you don't even want to go there. You don't even want to try to do this previous sin that you were bound to before. And it's like even if you go even close to that, it's just like the deep, Holy Spirit, conviction of God grips your soul. Have you ever had that before? That's how I know that something changed, right? It's not that, listen, listen. When you have an encounter with God, it's not that you can go back and do the action Right? Because you have free will to do whatever the crap you want. You can go back and do the action if you want to. Right? But when you have an encounter with Jesus and you go back and do that action, the evidence that you had an encounter with Jesus is that you feel like you're so out of place. And you feel like that it's not even you because it's not, because you've had an encounter with Jesus and you're trying to be someone who you're not. And when you try to be someone who you're not, you're always going to feel out of place. Right? When you, try to, when you try to live a lifestyle that you know that God has called you out of, you will forever, ever, ever feel out of place. You will forever feel out of place. And you know, how many of you can say this? How many of you can say this? I've had an encounter with God and i see areas in my life now right now that are different than they were before i had a previous encounter with jesus how many of you can say that you you can you can honestly say that you can say that i am changed my life changed you can put your hands down now and and there there is something in me that was not in me before you can say that because You have had an encounter with Jesus. When you look back at your life and you see when you tried to go and sin or go try to live a lifestyle that you know that God didn't even call you to live, you know that you're out of place. You know that that's not who you are anymore. And I couldn't imagine this blind guy trying to go back and live his life blind again. What kind of sense did that even make? You're blind. No, like when I say you're blind, like not you can kind of see. And I went to the doctor and they declared me legally blind. Not that. Like you either can see or you can't, right? I'm not not talking about that. How much sense would it make if if you saw nothing all the time? you just saw black, right? I don't know what it's like to be blind, so. If you just saw black all the time, never been blind, believe it or not, and then all of a sudden, Jesus comes, heals you, you walk around seeing for a few days, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I think I want to live the rest of my life with a blindfold on because I really enjoyed my bondage more than I do freedom, right, because freedom actually requires more than you than bondage does but freedom does it take from you like bondage will take from you freedom it's not that you just get set free and the rest of your life, you live your life the way that you want to. That's just called lawlessness, right? When Jesus comes and you have an encounter with Jesus and he opens your eyes to who he really is, you will live your life according to, to his standards and his principles. Jay said this before in our pre-service prayer meeting. He says, he says, I read this scripture today and it says this. It says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments, whether it's hard or not, right? Because listen, following Jesus, Jesus did not make following him easy. He made coming to him super easy, right? Anybody can come to Jesus whenever they get ready. You see that in all of scripture, but following Jesus requires you to let go of things, right? When you follow Jesus, you can't take some of the things that, you, that you've that you previously had. And I believe... That the next thing that happens when you have an encounter with Jesus is people begin to ask questions. If I, if I know this, I know this is true. I remember when, when I had an encounter with God. I was 17 years old, right? Was going straight to hell in a handbasket if I would have died. Wasn't even remotely saved, right? Was, was extremely addicted to pornography had no interest in Jesus, didn't want to know Jesus, wanted to live my life the way I wanted to live my life. And I had an encounter with Jesus. And I remember this. This I will never forget this as long as I live. I walk into school the next day. I walk to my locker, locker 119, first one, top, as soon as you walk in, right, because I was a senior. I got to have that locker. And I remember my best friend looks at me in high school. One of my best friends looks at me. He said, I didn't even say anything to him. Didn't even say anything, right? He says, what happened to you? I'm like, I went to church last night and got saved. Like, I guess, is that what you're wanting to know? Like, did I get a new haircut and I don't know about it today? But people for sure will start asking you questions. I believe that people... Begin to ask you questions when God begins to move in you for one reason. I believe that it's one reason. Number one, they know God is moving. They are aware that God is moving. The reason that they're asking the question to begin with is because they want an encounter with God as well. Listen, people want to know God, they do. People want to know God. There's nobody, you, can, you can't walk up to anybody, especially probably in your high school, and you ask them this question. And they may say no because they, they may be atheist or whatever. But when you ask them this question, do you want to know God, something in them has to leap up in their stomach. Because that's a, first of all, that's like a very, if you ask me that, I'm, my answer is going to be yes, regardless. Even if I believe in him or not, right? My answer is going to be, yes, I want to know the God that you talk about. Because, listen, when you have an encounter with God, when you have an encounter with God, people are going to ask you about your encounter with God. People are going to want to know why you're different. They did the same thing. Listen, they did the same thing to this man, right? I'm going to start reading in verse 24. If I'd have been this man, this would probably be similar to my response, actually. I actually love this response. said this, so a second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, though, is that I was blind and now I can see. I don't know who this man is, but I know this. I was blind, and now I can see. Right? These people are questioning. I want you to notice this. Watch this. It says, what did he do to you, and how did he open your eyes? I love this response. He says, I told you already. Did you not listen to me the first time? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to follow Jesus too? Maybe? Is that what you're getting at? Pharisee? That you want to repent and follow Jesus too? Because you see that God's moved in my life in a way that you didn't think he could move? And now you want to follow this God that I serve as well? The reason that people ask you questions about your experience with God and God moving in your life, listen, is because there is a part of them that wants to follow Jesus too. There is something down on the inside of them that wants to follow Jesus. Or they wouldn't even ask you the question. They would not have questions about following someone that they didn't at least have an interest in following. I don't ask questions that I don't care to know the answer to. How will people know that you've had an encounter with God and God's moved in your life? How will people know that? Live your life authentically. You you live your life real. You're not a fake follower of Jesus. You don't pretend to have all the answers. Some of you may have more answers than I do. But a lot of times the right answer is this. I don't know. But what I do know is that when I was 17... Jesus set me free from an addiction to pornography. And what I do know is when I was 17, I was suicidal, and I had one encounter with Jesus, and I haven't been suicidal since. And I can't give you a huge theological explanation. I can't write you a dissertation on that. I can just let you know that it is for real because something in me is not the same. When you encounter Jesus, something in you has to change and be expected for people to ask questions. Listen, you don't have to give. This is what I've learned. I remember when, when I spent some time at the ramp, uh, the leader of that ministry, Miss Karen, she was preaching. And she said this. And this, I will, she said this casually and I will never forget this, she said this, she said truth preaches all by itself, listen truth preaches all by itself, it doesn't need an explanation because it's real and when something's real I don't have to go into great detail to explain it, listen, if when people ask you questions. The best response that you can do is you can live out of a place of God has moved in you and you can let truth preach all by itself. You can let truth preach all by itself in your life and through your life. Listen, you don't have to carry your Bible to school. You don't have to tell people you're going to hell. People will know that you've had an encounter with Jesus when something changes about you. A lot of the times, listen, listen, a lot of the times people don't know that you've had an encounter with Jesus because nothing changes.